You're listening to the I'm Thinking of Having a Baby podcast. I'm Hannah Erickson, New Zealand registered dietitian and owner of Oh Goodness Nutrition, an online consultancy taking the confusion out of eating well for conception, pregnancy and postpartum. As we learn more about fertility science and diet, it's becoming increasingly clear there is a no more important time in life to be eating well than in the first thousand days of someone's life. But that is three months before an egg and sperm meet, right up until a baby is about two years old. So mum and dad's diet is one of the biggest influences of their child's lifelong health. And hence why I'm so passionate about spreading the word and giving parents the straightforward, personalized nutrition coaching that they need. On today's show, I'm joined by my lovely husband, Matt, who shares his experience of how the right nutrition impacted his sperm health. Matthew. Hello. <laughs> I'm so glad you're joining me today for, well, all things exciting about sperm health. Um, proud of you for jumping on and being willing to share sort of your story. I know you might have felt strong-armed into doing it. A little bit. <laughs> but our story is so cool and I just really wanted to share it with some other folks. <laughs> so thanks for being game for that. Um, in terms of, of questions, I thought I'd start with um, just asking you what led you to reaching out to your GP um, to get some sort of fertility test done in the first place? Um, so my wife, Hannah, Hello. <laughs> you, <laughs> and I were um, on our uh, fertility journey, I guess, trying to get pregnant and kind of running up against a few roadblocks and things weren't kind of progressing like we thought they mm. would. Um and Hannah had been to see her GP to get a checkup. Um, and the suggestion was that I should also do the same. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, we'll go meet with my GP. And Who you didn't actually have at that time. You didn't have a GP. No, no, I didn't actually. It was a new GP to me because of the new area that we live in. Um, so, yeah, I had to go set that up and organize a meetup with him. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. So you did that. And what kind of tests or assessments did he do on you? Um, we just had a general chat about my health and well-being, um, whether I was stressed and what my diet was like, um, which I informed him that I was married to a dietitian, <laughs> and he laughed and assumed that I was eating well. Um Talked about my mental health, um, which at the time was uh, not a great place. I was very, very stressed with a number of things going on in life at that point in time. Um, so, yeah, kind of had a bit of a chat about that and how that affects things. Um, and then he said we should do some some bloods, um, get some tests. So he wrote me a prescription to go get some blood tests and a sperm test. Um and then he asked if he could do a bit of a physical analysis on me. <laughs> Tell us about that, Matt, if you're brave. <laughs> um, so the physical analysis was uh, he needed to just check out my bits, um, you know, male-on-male inspection. And <laughs> with your new GP. With you never met him before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he um, yeah, just needed to check things out, um, do a... Um, check on my testicles and make sure that they were a reasonable size. Um, he did that with a chain that he had of different testicle sizes and he would just kind of match them up to, to see. 
Uh, I find that so amusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it um, wasn't the most pleasant thing. Have another no. man fondle your testicles. <laughs> but uh, had to be done. Had to be done. And obviously your testicle size was normal. Yes. Okay, yes, so that's no, a relief. Came out, came out all well and good. Yeah, there was a, a reason he did that. I'm not sure if every GP would do that. You know, if, if other guys are listening to this, they like, whoa, that's like reason enough not to get tested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just find it so amusing that that was how your situation went. So in addition to the old uh, ball size test, he also, yeah, like you said, sent me for blood tests and a sperm analysis. So can you remember the blood tests that he had you do? I can't actually. It was a while ago, wasn't it? It was, it was quite a while ago. Yeah. I mean, um, every GP is slightly different in the... Yeah. I know I did do a testosterone test. Um, yeah. But I can't remember the other blood tests that he said. No, that's right. For. Sometimes, like, I remember for my antenatal bloods, there were things like HIV or syphilis or um, mm. some of those kind of, do you have immunity to rubella, that, that kind of stuff, which... Um, I suppose from a nutritional perspective, isn't super relevant. Okay. So then you went and did a sperm analysis test. Now, can you tell us what that test showed? Yeah. So um, the first test that I had, um, which was the first of several, um, they kind of look at your sperm in terms of uh, three different parameters. So uh, the first one is just the sheer number of sperm, which is measured in sperm per mil, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then they look at the, the volume of the ejaculation, so how much um, you ejaculated. And then they look at what's called sperm motility. So um, of those sperm, how many are actually working well? Um, and uh, what the first test showed was that I, I had a reasonable sperm count. There were, there were plenty of little swimmers there. How many uh, are we talking? Something like 30 million per mil. Wow. Which is a crazy, crazy amount. That is ridiculous. Um, and then I think I had about two mils, um, which was good. I think that you know, require about one and a half, one to one and a half mils yeah. Is, yeah. is good. Yeah. So you're fine on the volume, fine on the count they were both yep. considered normal yeah yep. yeah the count was kind of just on the the borderline of what they would say was good okay um but yeah still sort of pass yeah um and then yeah the motility um that is kind of yeah measure of how well they're swimming and that turned out to be not so good for me um if uh, basically i had six percent progressive sperm which basically means that only six percent of those 33 million sperm were actually doing anything of any use. Um, so they basically look at, you know, whether they're, they're swimming straight um, or sometimes they're just swimming around in circles and going nowhere. Um, and sometimes they're just not swimming at all. So of the ones that were actually swimming straight, um, there was only about 6%. Um, and I can't, I think it's about 30%. Yeah, you want around... So 25 to 30%. Yeah, I think it was about 30% is kind of in the okay range. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is quite interesting, actually, that, you know, kind of even normally, like, most of your sperm actually just don't do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's um, really but I guess, you know, kind of, you only need one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I only need the one. But imagine if you were a poor little spermie and, you know, you were surrounded by your dead colleagues and Comrades, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe they it would were be just quite hard to depressed get sperm. Maybe they were just sad, stressed little sperm. Yeah, so yeah. they just weren't doing much. They weren't. So, how did that make you feel? In all honesty, um, 
I was a bit gutted, really. Um, no, you never kind of want to feel like you're part to blame or you are to blame. Um, and, and I think blame was probably not the right thing to associate with it. And kind of on reflection, I think we both learned that actually what was important is that we actually just had some knowledge around what we were both dealing with. Um, and then it kind of means it, it puts you on the path of saying, well, what can we actually do about it? Um, so I did find it a little bit stressful because it, it did mean that there were there was a, a big responsibility on me to try and see if there was anything I can do. Um, but yeah, also meant that, hey, I, I could actually try and find some solutions to try and help with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we backtrack just a smidgen, what um, sorts of dietary changes had your wife already had you do? Um, <laughs> we, um, we'd cut out kind of the, the main ones. So I wasn't eating any um, – well, I wasn't drinking. Um, yeah. That, that was probably the main one that yeah, we alcohol. had cut out had cut at out, that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, you weren't smoking. You wasn't smoking. <laughs> um, not allowed to eat bacon in this household, <laughs> so that wasn't an issue either. Um, oh, yeah, so I think that the big one for me was just kind of cutting out alcohol mm, um, mm. entirely, um, especially for those first few months while we were still trying. Mm, mm. How was that? Oh, it's okay. I mean, the odd social drink would never go amiss, but... That's um, right. Yeah, it, just sometimes that's what you got to do for a season. That's right. And you do want to create the healthiest bubs possible. And I suppose if your woman is doing it and um, is is missing alcohol too, mm. for not just trying to get pregnant, but the nine months as well, and then probably when she's breastfeeding. Totally. The there's, least you can. there's an element of solidarity there <laughs> that, you know, it shouldn't just all be on you to yeah. kind of give up everything. That's um, right. We kind of do this as a team and... Um, yeah, and I appreciate that you were on board with that because I can imagine it, it might not be the case every man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you already made some changes to your diet, and then you got the sperm analysis test done. Then what happened? Um, so my um, special wife dietitian <laughs> put me on some fancy supplements. Yeah, um, should I talk to that? Yeah, you should maybe? probably because I can't even remember what they were called. <laughs> I just got pills and ate them. I did. I sorted pills for you and just was like, this is what you got to take. Um, so I had obviously as a fertility dietitian been across a bit of the research as to what could impact motility, especially since that was the issue. You know, her sperm count was okay. His sperm volume was okay. Semen volume rather. Um, but it was, they weren't swimming. So yeah, I did some research and I, I kind of, um, figured out probably looking at his diet what he wasn't getting enough of if there was something and then um I ended up purchasing some a specific type of supplement for him to take now there's this one called coenzyme q10 which is involved it's like an antioxidant and it protects the cell um, and its dna and it helps the mitochondria within the cell if anyone's into that um function at its at its best and there is some research to suggest that actually coenzyme q10 as it's called, or CoQ10, can improve motility. So I was like, right, Matthew, um, here you go. Here's some pills. And so you started taking those. Um, thank you very much for doing that. So then you got another sperm analysis test done, what was it, two months later? Yep. Um, what happened there? Yeah, so um, got another checkup just to see if 
had been any changes and um the positive was there was it was change in the right direction i, I guess the negative was it wasn't a whole lot of change mm, at that mm, point mm. so i'd gone from um well, i'd been producing more sperm so i'd gone up from 33 mil a uh, million per mil to 41 million per mil so more more Woo-hoo. sperm to add into the mix yeah um, and then I'd gone up from 6% to 7% progressive. So still not a big jump in the no. motility. On the, yeah, on, and that was in two months. Yep. And it's interesting, if you think about the lifespan of a sperm from kind of beginning of DNA replication to sperms kind of – sperms. <laughs> um, what's the plural for sperm? Maybe it's just sperm, sperm right? Sperm eye. Sperm. <laughs> um, sperm. <laughs> so – from yeah, from being replicated, the DNA being replicated to them being ejaculated, it's about three months, and in that time, the sperm is subject to all kinds of things. Like you mentioned, stress early on, so there's stress can be quite damaging for sperm's DNA, as can temperature. Yeah, I was told not to have hot showers, which was a bit of a bum. That is a bummer. Um, and no. S- Bars or saunas. Oh, or, they're your favourite. Yeah, I know, I know. So um, that was the other thing that I had to give up. Yeah, all in the name of fertility. Yeah, so that's right. So heat can damage them. Um, diet has a huge impact to play lifestyle. And that's with the alcohol or smoking. Um, the processed meats kind of comes into that. Because it's interesting, I suppose sperm are quite vulnerable. Well, I mean, eggs are too. But the sperm are particularly vulnerable to damage. Hmm. So, okay, so knowing that it's about a three-month journey for these spermies, um, we got you tested four months later. Yes. So, say, yeah, you got tested in March and then we tested you again pretty much, um, yeah, exactly four months later. And I'll tell you the reason we got you tested again. Yeah. <laughs> Why was that? Why was it? Uh, because we were pregnant. What a surprise. <laughs> what? And so we we thought, right, well, something happened. Let's get a sperm test to just see um, what changed then. So within those four months, Matt, why don't you tell us yeah. the results? Yeah, because we, we got pregnant and I guess more thinking about um, potentially the future as well and just saying, hey, what has changed here? Is there anything that we can learn in case, you know, we do this again? Yeah. Um, and so I went and got another sperm test and the results of that were actually quite incredible um so the the count had gone up drastically um so there's now 105 million per mil so heaps and heaps of swimmers <laughs> um but the big part of it was the um 19 were now progressive um so still sort of under the recommended amount but probably because there were a so many more sperm there and more of them were swimming there was i guess just it's all about increasing odds right correct so um yeah there's just more chances that one sperm would make it and it did and it was just so cool and i love our story because it yes as a dietitian you know anything that sort of shows that diet can make a huge difference is awesome but just the way that a simple supplement in this case it was coq10 you know and and obviously it wasn't just a willy-nilly and i don't go out recommending everyone jumps on that you know it it was a a case-by-case sort of thing but just in that a short span of time you know within those well four months so giving it another um generation of sperm to come along it really made such a tremendous difference and i just think that is so neat and then yeah we were able to conceive 
And I mean, it, it wasn't just all on Matt either. You know, I had ovulatory issues too. And so I was working on getting mine sort of sorted, but the two couldn't have happened, I don't think, without each other, you know. And, and there was a point in time I remember in our conception journey where it kind of hit us how small the odds were that we were going to get pregnant. Mm. And that was quite disappointing. Um, but then on the outside to, to come in and see the massive changes that happened. And it's so tangible. You've, mm. got, you've got a test and you can see how much you improved. Yeah. 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 Because I don't know if the stress actually did decrease a whole lot over that period of time. I was still carrying a lot of that. So really the only big things that did change in my life were diet. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It, and it that was, supplement. <laughs> it was noticeable um, yeah. that over that journey that there was a difference there. So, so cool. I honestly appreciate you braving it, coming on and chatting about your balls and yeah. sperm. You're welcome. <laughs> what it's a all the other husband. men out there. It's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're about to be daddy. So that's, it's very, very cool. Now it's about you. You may want to use this time while preparing to get pregnant to get more in shape or to establish some healthy patterns now before your body goes on the ride of its life. Or you may be thinking, actually, my nutrition is pretty good already. Um, you just want to make doubly sure. No matter what your reason is, at Oh Goodness Nutrition, we are here to make reaching your goals as painless, as simple, as practical as possible, so that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are doing the best for you and bubs. A couple of next steps that you could take. You could download our free checklist from ognutrition.co.nz and that's to double check that you're getting enough of the basics. Remembering that preparing for pregnancy is unlike any other time in your life. It's a bit different so you just want to make sure there. You could also book in the, the full gambit and go for a nutrition assessment where the proper work is done and that's looking at your blood tests, that's looking at your diet history or your medical history and coming up with a plan that's tailored for you, what supplements you might need to take, if any, um, how we can tweak your diet, if any, and, and just ensuring that you are well on your way with the support and the accountability that you need to make those changes. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch. You can also find us on Instagram at ohgoodness underscore nutrition and on Facebook too. All right, catch you next time.